Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Star Blades. I'm Steve Jones and I'm joined by James Shield, our Sheffield United correspondent, as well as Chris Holt, the Star's sports editor. James, we'll start with you. It will have been 14, what feels like very long days since Sheffield United have been in action when they play Peterborough on Saturday. I want to say this feels like a real David versus Goliath clash. Uh, well, I, I know exactly where you're coming from, Steve. Yes, but it's not, is it? It's two teams that are in the same division, the championship. And uh, Sheffield United are 23rd in the table at the moment. So the only thing that really uh, that really counts this weekend is which team turns up. Uh, Peterborough obviously coming to the game. They've not had a great start themselves, but with a, with a little bit of momentum and they'll probably be quite pleased with their their performance against West Bromwich Albion before the international break. They lost 1-0, injury time goal. Sheffield United had a goalless draw with Luton and were, were probably very fortunate to get that. So, you know, listen, as they uh, as they say, size uh, size doesn't count for anything. It's, uh, it's what you do with it, isn't it? I never thought we'd get that reference into this podcast. No, no. Sorry. We've just pushed this back past the watershed, haven't we, unfortunately? Yeah. But, yeah. Chris, from the outside looking in, what's been your impression of what's been happening at, down at Bramall Lane this season so far? Um, you say from the outside, I've been very much on the inside. I've seen, I think I've seen every game. Um, the, uh, I think it, it, we've gone over it all. Or certainly the lads, Danny and James, have gone over it all. It's just, just, it's just been a case of partly what it was like last season, where there was just no kind of coherence. The, the you're not quite sure what it is that they're trying to do. There were. There were moments against Huddersfield. There was certainly a spell of around about 15 minutes where they kind of looked a little bit more like the Sheffield United that we'd seen in the past. Um, but no, nothing really came of it. And then they managed to kind of get a goal against, you know, not, not, I, said, I nearly said against their own player. There wasn't, it certainly wasn't against their own player. It was just, it was a goal out of nothing, really, from Billy Sharp. And that, that's the big thing, really. I, I just don't see at the minute without, I'm sure we'll go on to this a bit later on, without having seen what they're like with the new players in the team, it's hard to see where the goals are and where they're going to come from because creativity has been, has been poor, really. Um, just generally, all, all over the pitch, there's nobody, nobody looks like they're going to, they're going to pick up a, pick out a really good pass or, or unlock a defence or, you know, it's not even as if, Part of me was thinking in that time again in that match, certain the match against Huddersfield certainly at home. Um, I didn't see much of the Luton game, but even you're just kind of hoping somebody even has a dig from distance just to see where it goes. Do you know what I mean? Because nothing else was happening, so just you know, just have a pop, somebody have a go, and it's just been a case of it's just it's been boring really, and that's that's I think the most disappointing thing because. We had become so accustomed to Sheffield United being this swashbuckling, incredibly attacking side, and then all of a sudden they just don't have an awful lot about them, and it's it's poor to watch. Um, and I guess if it's poor to watch, but you're winning, then then you accept that. But when it's poor to watch, 
and the results are crap as well, then <laughs> you know what have you what have you got? So um I wouldn't like to see too much expectation go on the on the new players yet, but I'm really interested to see just how different Sheffield United are gonna be and how different they're gonna look with with the, the addition of these these new boys coming in, should they play, I would imagine. Well, it certainly looks like Morgan Gibbs White's going to play, and I would imagine, going by what Slavisa Ikanovic said today, I think Conor Hurahan's probably going to have a a uh, some play some part in the in the game as well. So, like I say, it's going to be interesting to see if this is almost a completely different team that we see on Saturday. James, you've you've just spoken to Slavisa Ikanovic this afternoon. Was he slightly less exasperated this week? How was he? Uh, I think he's uh, yeah slightly, but there's there's still clearly issues there. Uh, I mean, these players who have come in, they should have been here a damn sight earlier than uh, than they actually were. Uh, the deal should have been done uh, a lot sooner. Sheffield United shouldn't have been using the international break to try and bed a couple of new players in. They should have been using the international break to uh, try and sort of you know impose or help. Slavisa Ikanovic imposes methods and his ideas on the squad. So, you know, listen, the, the the football club can dress it up how they want. They've uh, they've brought some quality performers in, but they've they've brought them in too late. And you know, as much as we talk about you know things having to improve on the pitch, and I think everybody acknowledges that Slavisa Ikanovic acknowledged it again today in his uh, in his pre match uh, press briefing. But you know. Sheffield United have got to improve off the pitch as well because the the, the transfer window, I mean, it, it was pretty tortuous at times and it clearly exasperated the manager. Uh, it's clearly not what he's been used to. You can dress it up how you want. Sheffield United take far, far too long to do deals that should be simple. There's another great example of that. Adeline Guediora is another player that, that the manager clearly wants to bring in. He's been training with the club three weeks now. He's a free agent. It should be an easy deal to do. Uh, I know the player's looking for a move to Bramall Lane. The manager wants him to come. Yes, I guess that, you know, or sorry, I get that the the priority had to be getting deals across the line before the transfer deadline. But, you know, th- this shouldn't be taking three weeks to do. It should have been done by now. And that is an area of the club. Listen, it's not having a personal dig at anybody, but the club has got to get its act into gear off the pitch when it comes to doing transfer deals. Just touching on something Chris said there as well. Uh, yeah, I think Gibbs-White will play. Uh, you know, I think Hurrihan will play, as, as Chris said. <sighs> Listen, Olsen is probably only going to turn up at the football club on Friday. He's been away with Sweden during the break. They're not going to have a great deal of chance to uh, to take a look at him and and get across some of the uh, the tactics and the methods that they'll be looking to employ against Peterborough. As far as I'm concerned, just pitch him in. Put him in. You're signing players to try and improve a squad. You're signing players to try and improve a first team that is underperforming at present. That's not going to happen if they're sat on the bench. These are good players. They've all got experience. Just chuck them into the side. Put them all into the starting eleven because they can't do any worse than what we're seeing at present. 
the, the football club clearly feel they're going to improve what they've got. They clearly feel they're an improvement on what they've got. They'll hopefully bring the best out of some of the players around them as well, because as much as we're talking about new signings, there's some existing members of that team that have got to really look at themselves as well and and, and pick themselves up and do an awful lot better than they, uh, they have been doing. I'm not saying they're chucking the towel in. They're, they're not. You know, they're all... a a good, honest bunch of players, but they're just not performing at the moment anywhere near like the levels that we know they can. Be that a mental thing, be that a you know difficulty getting to grips with some of the uh, some of the new ways of playing that the that the new regime is trying to bring in. But they've got to do better. But no, just I, I never understand this new idea that a lot of managers and coaches have now about oh, you sign a player you know, who's supposedly better than what we've already got. But what, you know, the only way they're going to get the grips with how we do things is by sat on the bench for two weeks watching somebody else do it. Absolute stuff and bloody nonsense. Get them in the starting eleven. Got some classic Zoom problems. Yeah, yeah I, I caught myself there. I caught myself. Um, <clears throat> I, I agree totally. I don't, I don't. The, just to offer a bit of context to what Gene said there, Jukanovic said today that he, he wasn't sure whether or not Olsen was going to be available to him. Now, I think what he meant by that, as Gene said, was it depends on how long it takes him to get to get into the country, I guess. Mm. And um, But I, I am of the opinion if he rocks up on Saturday morning, get him straight in the team. I, what, what it, it's, it's not as if he's going to be lacking sharpness. He's just played three games there, yeah. one of them against one of the best teams in the world in in getting uh, a win over Spain, so you know it's not as if he he needs time to to kind of get his sharpness back or anything like that. So get him straight in the team, get Gibbs White in the team, get her hand in the team, because like we say, it there, there are two positions that United have really struggled in this season. Um, John Fleck and Oliver Norwood haven't been at their best. I think there's been a bit too much emphasis on Norwood. Perhaps if I'm if I'm being critical, I think the the criticism of Fleck is probably warranted a little bit more than than what Norwood is getting, but uh, that might come across as bias given Norwood's Northern Irish allegiance. But however, uh, um, I'll stand by that. But there, there's no doubt in that either of them, or sorry, both of them haven't been up to the standards that they've they've shown in a Sheffield United shirt. So. Take them out of the firing line. Just, to, just take them out. Put in Gibbs White, who seems we've again we've spoken to him today. He seems already a very energetic, very enthusiastic player who wants to get involved straight away. He's, he he wants to be playing football. He's been on the sidelines quite a long time um, at Wolves. He, he's he had a, a what well, I guess he was expecting to have a full season at Swansea last year, and that was curtailed by injury. He is absolutely desperate to get on the pitch and show what he can do. And Sheffield United need to take advantage of that and get him get him on the pitch and use that youthful exuberance and and enthusiasm to kind of G up everybody else. And and I spoke to Chris Basham this week and I kind of get the impression that he's done that already. Gives why he seems to be a player who just has a lot of positivity about him and just you know that that youthfulness and fearlessness he just wants to go out and have fun and enjoy himself so get him in the team and then as far as we you know we everybody who follows the football league or the premier league knows what kind of her hands available get him in as well just and they just, and they needed that 
didn't they, Chris, as well? Because, you know, players can stand in front of you as much as you want and tell them how, you know, they can tell you how they're all sort of over relegation. You know, there's no hangover. Uh, listen, the evidence of our own eyes tells us something different. Well, interestingly, the first, interestingly, the first time I've heard any of them actually admit it, well, I spoke to Chris Basham the other day and he said, like, there's no point in me telling you that everything's yeah. rosy and, and we're all, you know, we're all happy because we're not. The the point that they can't they can't win a game. They're in a division that they don't want to be in. And he's, you know, there is a bit of feeling sorry for yourself in yeah. there. And he says it's easier for them to get into a rut. And they have done that. And now they just need to get themselves out. And as you say, you need new players to come in who have had a bit of success or who who or, as I said, fearless and, and just go in and just shake things up a little bit and just drag them out of this this rut that they find themselves in. Yeah, and I think the other reason as well why they needed to do something in the window. I mean, you you touched on Ollie Norwood there, and 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 to be honest, I'm 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 not just agreeing with you for the sake of it. I think they needed to do it because yeah, Ollie Norwood has been below par this season, but I think he's and he's been below par for a while actually. But I think in fairness to the to the lad. It's because he's been asked to do a job that he's he's just not really suited for. Or, you know, well, he can do it, but he can do another job better. Uh, and, you know, by bringing in some new players, by being able to just sort of change that system a little bit and having a little bit more, little bit more flexibility and possibly, I would imagine, a change of shape in midfield, I think you'll be able to give... Ollie Norwood, the type of role that will bring the best out of his talents, because he's a you know he's a wonderfully talented player. Uh, John Fleck, I suspect it's it, it, it is more just a mental thing with him. Uh, listen, there's no shame in feeling sorry for yourself, isn't it? We, we, it? It's happened to us all. Football players are human. They needed a couple of new faces to come in, uh, like you say, just to give that place a lift. I thought it was interesting. The number of times that Slavica Kanovic used the phrase clean minds today when he was talking about these new players. Uh and you know that 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 gives you a little insight into where he thinks the problem is, uh, or into, into what he thinks the problem has been. So hopefully it'll uh, it'll bring the best out of everybody. It's just another one of the reasons, without sort of sounding like a miserable old man, which I'm aware I'm becoming, it's just one of the reasons why it really frustrates me, why it's taken so long to happen. And I say that because I want the football club to do well, you know, and it, it, it shouldn't have taken as long as it has done. It really shouldn't have done. Now, and, and to be honest, I, I mean, I would like to think this was brought up because we spoke about this at the end of last season and we and you wrote about it, about how Paul Heckenbottom was being uh, used in the recruitment process. And he would have been able to tell those people in charge this team does need shaking up. He will have seen firsthand that they they were feeling sorry for themselves, that they needed a, a burst of of energy and, and new people to come in and and revitalize them. And the fact that it has taken up until deadline day for them to bring in I mean Gibbs White admitted today that they that yeah that the interest was there quite a while ago. I I, I don't think that he made the decision on, on deadline day. I don't think he doesn't appear to be the type of player who thought I'm going to sit here until deadline day and see what my options are before I decide. I would be almost certain that if if things were done properly, 
he could have been a Sheffield United player two or three weeks ago. Yeah. And you know, and we knew that we know that, that Herham was, was approached at least three weeks ago as well, possibly more. Yeah. And so yes, we understand that these things don't happen overnight. They do sometimes. I mean we've seen that with um with the Ings transfer from, from Southampton to Aston Villa, some things can happen very quickly and you don't hear about them and, and that's it. But that's very rare these days. It, you know, it does take a little while, but it shouldn't take as long as it has done. And like I said at the end of last week, hopefully lessons have been learned by this. But we've been saying that for a little while about other things as well and, and lessons don't appear to be learned. Uh, you and I spoke about this this morning, James. About if this is gonna, if this is how long they're taking to do things, then they almost need to be planning for next season tomorrow, yeah. because because this is you know they can't afford to keep taking so long to sort things out. And, the, and, the, and we've gone on, we've gone on about this now, and hopefully yeah. we can we can move on. But clearly, as you say, Yukanovic wasn't. Let's say Yukanovic wasn't exactly enthralled by how things have panned out over the past month or so. Okay. Well, amid all the doom and gloom, James, do you do you think the next well the, the coming five days, Peterborough on Saturday, followed by Preston on Tuesday, are you confident this is going to be the beginning of a turning point? Well, hopefully so. I just say I don't think it's it's gloom and doom, Steve, because there's a there is a, a lot to to be sort of pleased about with a transfer window. It's just, you know, I, I think if you, if you want a football club to do well, and, you know, I think it's as, as, as much as you pat people on the back, I think it's also important you've got to accept and acknowledge and highlight when they're doing something wrong. So, you know, yeah, Sheffield United, I think, are in a much stronger position now. I think they're going into this game against Peterborough and, you know, next week's against Preston North End and on and on and on in a in a much stronger position on paper than they were before the international break. It's just that, that, that you know, they should have been in a stronger position much sooner. But again, I, I, I won't go on about that. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, listen, clearly they didn't get everything they wanted out of the transfer window. Uh, you've only got to look at the numbers that were talked about to, uh, to see that. There was talk about five players. It's turned out to be four. I think we all know who the, uh, who the other one that the manager wanted uh, was. That obviously didn't happen. Uh, but, yeah, I think he's got an awful... He's got more tools at his disposal now. And I think, you know, right at the top of the show, Chris mentioned about the fact that, you know, it looked as if Sheffield United didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. And 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 I agree with that. I think they, I think they knew what they were supposed to be doing. I just don't think they had the tools to do it. And, you know, maybe... The manager himself has got to sort of look at that, and I'm sure he has done, and thought, well, perhaps should I have been asking them to do things that perhaps they weren't equipped to do? Perhaps we didn't, you know, have I, have I got the tools for this particular job at this point in time? And he, he may well look back on that and think, I, I, I should have done things differently. But they are where they are now. I think they've come out of the transfer window a lot stronger than they went into it. I think there's still a couple of issues there. I think the big thing for me, though, is how some of the existing players, some of the ones who have been there a while, react to this. Because, 
you know, as 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 we've already touched upon, there's 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 a lot of underperforming players in that side for a variety of different reasons, and I I hope they look at the competition that these players have brought, the new players who have come in have brought, and 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 react to that in the right way. I'm sure they will because, you know, it's not being sort of cliched. It's not doing it because you know, oh God, we're going to be sat in front of them in a couple of weeks' time, and I don't want somebody to get the ump with me. I've been doing this job long enough. Plenty of people have got the ump with me. Plenty of people have been annoyed to me with me in the past, and they will be going forward. Plus the fact we're doing most of the stuff at Sheffield United on Zoom at the moment as well. So they've got to have a pretty long reach if they want to uh, want to give Chris and I a kick. But you know. They, they do need to do better. They do need to do better. They do need to react to the extra competition. And you know what? I'm sure they will. I think we will see uh, an improvement in results. There needs to be. Chris, do you think we might see... You're on meat, by the way, so um, get ready. Do you think we might see some of Ilian and Dai in the next couple of matches? Uh, I kind of got that impression that he's certainly... Maybe not starting straight away, but he certainly looks like... He, he will play some part in the next I, I would be stunned actually if he's not on the bench on Saturday um, and depending on what 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 he does he could well start on Tuesday um, I, I think it's important I, I say this as somebody who wrote a story this week comparing him to Messi but it is important that we don't put too much, put too much pressure on the lad but there is a lot of talk about him you know he, he, it's it's nice to have a player within your ranks who people are excited and are looking forward to seeing what he's capable of um every player that we've spoken to and the manager seems to read it very highly as well every player has said you know this kid has got something special we we want to see it now you know and and with united as as i touched on earlier being so dreadfully boring to watch at the minute to be able to bring on a player like that who by all kinds admittedly i haven't seen much of him but by all accounts is just so attack minded wants to take players on wants wants to do a trick <laughs> and he's going to he's going to provide chances hopefully he's going to have a have a go himself it just needed needs that impetus, and I think to be fair, if things are a bit tight on Saturday and they throw him on with twenty minutes to go, it'll lift the ground, it'll, it'll lift the spirits of everybody around the team. You know, as I said, Chris Basham was absolutely raving about him in in midweek there, and um, and he's certainly looking forward to seeing seeing him do it, seeing seeing him take what he's seen in training onto the pitch, and and. I mean, it, it's a tough one because a championship for a player like that, a championship's not the kind of league where you kind of get the opportunity to blood a youngster like that, really. You know, it, it is it is a physical league. He's going to have to ride that out. But again, Bashan says he gets kicked all over the training field and he just gets up, gets on with it cracks on and probably makes the same person again and this is what Sheffield United fans want to see this is what we all want to see you want to see exciting young players in your team especially ones that have come through come through the ranks because you know it always seems a bit better whenever whenever a player is kind of I know he's not been there since he was like 16 or anything like that but he has played for the under 23 yeah. and, 
and it's just been it's just always a bit nicer to see a player come through and and succeed. So I I am looking forward to seeing seeing him play in in some way. Like I said, I can see him getting twenty minutes or, or so on Saturday. He's a, player, he's, he's a player that we should have seen an awful lot more of as well. Yeah, he is. Maybe against yeah. Leicester. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm not buying all of this rubbish about, oh, you know, the, we were developing him, we were bringing him on. There were, we, we all know there were contract issues behind the scenes. Fortunately, that's been sorted out now. Uh, and I think it's time to let the kid off the leash, you know, uh, I think he's clearly good enough. I know speaking to people who are on the within the inner circle, as it were, on the pre-season training camp in Spain, and they said as well, like you said, that Bash was was talking about him in really glowing terms. I know when they came back from that trip, he was the he was the player out of everybody that you know a lot of first, a lot of senior established players came back really buzzing about, saying that you know this this kid's ready to go, and you know, listen, whoever you depending on who you speak to, they'll tell you who was to blame for the contract issues. I think the great thing is it's just been sorted out now and it's time just to give the kids some minutes. As you said, Chris, Lavisa's clearly a big fan of his and I, I agree. I, I think he'll be on the bench. I'd be surprised if he wasn't. I think he'll be on the bench against Peter Peterborough, sorry, and then you'll, uh, you'll see him grow into the season from that point on. He brings something different to the table. You know, there's no other player in that squad. And I don't mean this in terms of raw ability, but in terms of the way that he plays the game. There's no other player in that squad who has got the same qualities as Illiman and Dye. So, you know... If, you're, you're exactly right there. If you if you look at the amount of... You know, with the way Sheffield United have been playing, how many times does George Baldock get the ball, give it inside, get it back, play another pass? And, and we can see what he's trying to do. He's mm. trying to... He's, you know, he, he is trying to find a gap and, and trying to, to kind of wear the defence down and, and exploit exploit a gap somewhere. Element and Dye will get the ball and he will take those players on and he'll go himself and he might win a free kick or he might win a penalty or or he goes on and scores himself or creates a chance. United don't have that. There's there's an awful lot of... It's, it's incisive passing in the sense that they are trying to do something. But it can appear ponderous sometimes, and it and it frustrates fans because it tends to happen in that kind of semicircle around. If you put a semicircle around the eighteen yard box, it kind of happens all around there, and you're just thinking, just play a pass in, or just put the ball in, and if it gets cleared, go again. And that's what they did against Huddersfield in that match. They they, they threw a lot more balls into the box. And they were clear, but they kept the pressure on. But he just wanted somebody to go and go take him on here and see what happens. And it never happened. You know, invariably, it was just another pass and another pass and another pass. And yeah. and that can get that can get wearing, really. Yeah, ju just one really just quick final thing on that. I, I think as well it was interesting. Sometimes it's not what people say during press conferences, you know, is it? It's what they don't say. And it does become sort of an art in reading between the lines at times. And I, I got the distinct impression from listening and talking to Slavisa about Illiman's, you know, in his in, in his latest sort of Zoom conference. I think he's been a little bit frustrated that he's not been able to call upon the kid more this season. I, I really do. I might be reading something into it that's not there, but 
you know, I think we've all done enough of these, and I think we'll have all come away from that with with that impression. I think he's wanted to use him a lot more. It's nice to to hear about someone and genuinely feel excited about watching Sheffield United again. I've got one final question for you both, and hopefully it doesn't take us too long to get through this. But who gets the nod to start up front on Saturday? Bear in mind, Ryan Brewster grabbed a goal for England under twenty ones midweek, albeit a penalty. Do you stick with Sharp, James, Chris? What do you think? Dave McGoldrick, is, is he back in the fold? No, McGoldrick's going to miss out. He's still injured. So, I don't know. I, I want to see him start to play to pick two and stick with them. Uh, that's what I would like to yeah. see. My, I, I know James, and, and I agree with him, thinks that Billy is the best finisher in the team, but I, I'm not sure he's the best player to start with. Um, I... This this won't be an overly popular opinion, but my thinking is the the best two that I would like to see, and that, that I think could make a partnership, is Brewster and McBurney, and I would like to see him just stick with them and, and go with it. Um, I, th- I think they offer McBurney offers the physicality that can, that can you know rough defenders up a little bit, and Brewster does have a lot more guile. When, which we've seen before, maybe not at Sheffield United, but certainly at Swansea, where he will take a touch and hit it. Now, at the minute, and I noticed this in the past couple of weeks, he's taken too many touches before he hits it, and that's a confidence thing. But maybe this goal for England under 21s the other night has maybe settled him down a little bit, and, and hopefully he starts just have a go. You know, they, he, he just it's just seemed like he's been. Just taking that extra touch when he hasn't need to. Just just do what we've seen you do before. Just get the ball. Take one touch and hit it. We don't even take a touch at all. But I'll go McBurney and Brewster. Yeah, I think I think Billy is still by far and away the best finisher at that football club. And for me, strikers are out there to score goals. So I, I, w- I would always play Billy. Uh until somebody else can come in and, and, and take that mantle, you know, but I don't think there's a better goal scorer at present. I don't think there's a better finisher at present in that in that squad than, than Billy. Uh, so I would always play him. But I am going to sort of sit on the fence a little bit because I, I am a real fan of McBurney's as well. And again, I know some people will raise their eyebrows at that, but, you know, I really do. I, I just like his attitude, to be honest, to the, to the game. And if there's one thing I'd like to see from Ollie, it's, well, not from him, but from, you know, whoever's managing him and coaching him. I know he's got that sort of physical sort of, you know, quality that he can rough defenders up. I'd, I'd like to see him being given a job where he doesn't have to do quite as much of that, to be honest. And rather than roughing them up, he just harasses them almost to death, which is what he what he did when he was, you know, causing so many problems for, for Sheffield United when he was playing for Swansea. Uh, when he was playing for Barnsley on loan. So, I think at the moment, I would go with Billy. Long term, I would say McBurney. Uh, Rian Brewster, yeah, I'd like to see him possibly start alongside Billy in this one because I do reach. I do think it's reached the point with Rian now. Uh, and again, there's no criticism here. There's no criticism of him. I think there's things he can do better. I think there's things he will have been told that he's got to do better and that... You know, I think you can look at some of the things that Billy does and thinks, why have I not been doing that as well? You know, I mean, the, the last two goals that Billy scored have been classic pieces of, of centre-forward play. 
And if Rian's going to watch anybody, you know, and go home with a couple of DVDs, do those still exist? I don't know. Uh, but a couple of sort of show reels of plays in action, I think he could do a lot worse than than look at Billy Sharp. But I think he's also been handled badly as well at times since he's been brought in. And I'm, I'm listen, I know there's reasons for that. I've, I've probably chosen the wrong words there because, again, I'm, I'm not criticising Slavisa or, or Chris Wilder, who, who was responsible for signing him, because he did make himself difficult to pick uh, at times. But I think it's reached a point now where they've almost got to say to the kid or almost think to themselves, listen, you cost a lot of money. Uh, you came with, you know, big responsibility and big expectation on your shoulders. I think they've always got to say to him, you've been in and out of the side too much. Yes, the fact that you don't seem to have found a rhythm is partly down to us. There's six games. They're yours. You will start. And I think then at the end of those six games, listen, if nothing's moved on and nothing's changed, then I think possibly a fresh start is required for everybody in January. But I, I would just... You know, hopefully, if, if if they could do that for me, and I think it might even just help him relax a little bit. Might just help, you know, he can just sort of, you know, just breathe deeply and think, do you know what? I've got more than 20 minutes here to impress, else I'm probably going to be out the starting 11 or I'm just, or out the match day squad altogether next week. So for this one, yeah, Billy and Rian going forward, probably, hopefully, Rian and Billy, or if not, Rian and Ollie. Sorry, Ollie and Billy. Confusing myself now. <laughs> Selection headache for all the wrong reasons. Uh, and on that note, that brings us to an end for this week. Thanks again for listening. And hopefully by the time we do this again, it's off the back of two wins. In the meantime, keep an eye on the star online and in print for the latest Sheffield United news.